It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars. Coming up on today's show, we are talking the youth movement with the BYU football team, catching you up with former Cougars in the pros, and of course, as always, getting you the news you need to know for the other teams in Provo and other odds and ends in quick hits. Thank you so much for downloading the show. My name is Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. A pleasure to bring you this podcast each and every day, which is your daily home for all things BYU on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as well as hosting this podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to download us. We can be found on any of your major podcast platforms, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, You can tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Cougars. should be able to find us there. And if you want to follow us on social media, please do so. On Facebook, you can find us at Locked On Cougars. Same name for Twitter, Locked On Cougars there. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, if you have any questions, concerns, or advertising questions, please email me, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Still in the launch phase with the Locked On College arm of the Locked On Podcast Network work and we'd love to get you guys in great rates still available so hit us up hit me up at locked on byu at gmail.com look forward to hearing from you guys soon today's show brought to you by vivid seats and sling tv we'll tell you about both of those great companies here in a little bit As I mentioned right off the top of the show, Kalani Satake talked today a little bit about the youth movement that BYU has going on offense in particular, but across their entire team. A great note came out from BYU Sports Information in their game notes this week, and hats off to Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, and the rest uh, rest of their team in the Sports Information Department. They mentioned that BYU has played 25 freshmen this season, 15 of those being true freshmen. Ten freshmen have started a game for the Cougars this year, five of them true freshmen. In the last game against Hawaii, BYU started seven freshmen, including six of those on offense. Only Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, have started more freshmen on offense in a game with seven. And then finally, freshmen have accounted for just over half of BYU's scoring total this year, 89 of a possible 176 total points, or 50.6% of the points scored by freshmen. Kalani Sitake talked about today when he was asked, and he said it's simply competition that's allowing these young men to get on the field and play as early as they have. We'll let you hear his comments right now from earlier today during his weekly press conference talking about freshmen and their major impact on his team. I think you have a chance to play every time you compete, and, and if you have a system in place where you're willing to start the best, that win that week and win the spot. It's motivating knowing that if you do well during the week, even if you don't start, that your reps may go up in the game because of the trust level that a coach has in the young man on the field, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, and just having a coaching staff that's willing to make those moves and get guys in the game that, that deserve it and have their reps increase with a level of trust that they have in them. I think that's a motivating factor for young men men getting into the into the game as a freshman I think it's it's a huge motivation for them and for us what it does a byproduct is that we get a lot of depth that there's quality that keeps improving and I think a mixture of all these things knowing that freshmen have four games to play with the redshirt rule and all that stuff plays into us being able to make those moves and have young men be on the field a lot quicker than, than before. 
There you go, Kalani Sitake. It's competition. He's loving every position on the field to be decided by guys on the field. Hopefully that makes sense. He wants these guys to earn their jobs. And plain and simple, that's why Zach Wilson took the job away from Tanner Mangum. He has been a better player in practice, and the coaches felt comfortable with him taking over the job. And as such, he is now the starting quarterback for BYU and doesn't look like he's going to relinquish that role anytime soon. Want to run down some of the names for you guys of freshmen who have made an impact this year, and we'll kind of talk about them as we go along. I just pulled up the roster, and we'll just run down the names. Tyler Algier, who was a walk-on freshman from Fontana, California. He has been a kick returner against Hawaii. It's his first action as a Cougar, but he is a guy that the coaching staff is very impressed with. They believe he'll be on scholarship before too long, so he's got to keep an eye out with. Another player to keep that has been probably BYU's best offensive lineman in my mind, and I think the coaches would agree, has been Brady Christensen. A redshirt freshman from Bountiful High School was an afterthought when he signed with BYU before an LDS mission, but now he's back, and as a redshirt freshman, he's starting at left tackle. Looks like the position will be his for the foreseeable future. I think he's played extremely well. Uh, he's taken to the position very very adeptly, and I, I've actually been very impressed with what he's shown on the field. Other freshmen who've made an impact, Keenan Ellis, a defensive back who's played as a backup cornerback, part of this youth movement, especially at cornerback for BYU. Uh, Ellis, along with a couple other guys, uh, most notably, I believe, I'm not mistaken, yeah, Isaiah Heron and also D'Angelo Mandel. The three of them all listed at six foot six one, between 175 and 185 pounds. Prototypical size for a cornerback that BYU wants in their system, and all three of them have played well in in spurts. I'm actually most impressed with uh, Isaiah Heron out of Las Vegas. Went to Arbor View High School. I believe he's a starting cornerback, just waiting there. I. He got injured against Wisconsin. Finally returned for spot duty against Hawaii. I'm impressed with this young man. I think he's got all the skills to be a starter for the foreseeable future for the Cougars. Maybe won't take it over this season with Michael Shelton and Chris Wilcox manning the two cornerback starting positions currently, but I think he, he's got a future ahead of him. Another guy on the offensive line who has joined Brady Christensen is James Empey, playing the center position. He's a he's a He's a redshirt freshman at the center position, but Kalani Sitake in his press conference, and if you want to hear that press conference, you can go to 1280thezone.com, which is also another place where our, our podcast is published. I appreciate the people at the Zone Sports Network, my parent company, for allowing me to kind of meld these two worlds together. But James Empey has got a lot of attention and a lot of praise for his position in that pivot. Um, I know that it's not an easy position to play. T. John Chroma made it look easy for four years for BYU, and James Empey looks like he could make it another four years and it could be two guys for eight years that man that position. Um, the surprise along the offensive line is, of course, Keanu Saleapaga. Uh, it was a defensive tackle midway through fall camp, makes the transition to offensive line, uh, takes to the position almost immediately, challenges for playing time almost immediately as well, finally took over the starting position against Wisconsin, and showed extremely well in that game. He's had his ups and his downs since then, as you would expect with a guy who's still learning the position. But Keanu Saliapaga, just in terms of sheer potential on that offensive line, having never played the position legitimately in his entire life, he told us that as the media. He said, I've never played offensive line. I was a defensive lineman my whole life. His uh, potential is limitless. 
he could develop into a very, very fine offensive guard and could be an NFL prospect down the road if he continues to develop. Um, other names to pay attention to, freshmen that have made an impact. That's what we're talking about in this first segment. Dallin Holker, tight end, natural pass catcher, has been very, very good for the Cougars, and I think he's proven to be a better blocker than most people expect. Um, with the injury to Moroni Laulu Pututau, he's taking on a bigger role now, playing some of that H-back position as well as a pseudo-fullback um, I've seen at practice when I've been out there, Holker and Matt Bushman and Moroni Laulu Pututau, who was also with them, those three were always the last guys off the field. They would be over in the far corner of the field at the student-athlete building, working on their blocking. They're at the blocking sled, just working on point of contact, point of attack, and I'm impressed. Uh, Dallin Holker has very, shown very well. Only a true freshman from Lehigh High School. He's going to be a kid that's going to play a role going forward. Other names. Uh, Lopini Katoa, redshirt freshman. A guy that Fred Warner went to the coaching staff a year ago and said, hey, we need to take this redshirt off this kid and let him play this year. They ultimately didn't do it, but it looks like Lopini is going to be the starting running back for the foreseeable future. Um, as Jeff Grimes said, they're hopeful that Squally Canada can get back on the field, hopefully as soon as Northern Illinois this week, but he said as of now, he has not been cleared to resume playing. So that means that it's going to be Lopini Katoa's job along with Riley Bird in the running, at the running back group, and I think that for good reason. I think Lopini Katoa is the running back of the future. He has shown flashes of what he can become, and I've been very impressed. Uh, two other names, oh, actually three other names I want to mention before we take a time out here, uh, and I'm sure I'll come up with others as we go along, so bear with me, but Dax Milne, a walk-on wide receiver, got his first start against Wisconsin. He has proven to be a surprise standout at the wide receiver position. He's running as a backup currently on the depth chart, but he's getting plenty of run in games and good for him. Malik Moore, I didn't mean to leave him out of that youth group at cornerback, but he's another one of those guys, six foot one, 175 pounds, San Diego, California native. Another kid, the cornerback group for BYU is going to have some tall, rangy guys here in the next few years, and the four freshmen that are currently on the roster are going to be great. Uh, the star recruit of BYU's recruiting class a year ago is, of course, Gunnar Romney, and he has developed quite nicely as this season has progressed. He was slowed early on by a hamstring injury. Uh, he's, re- he's overcome it, and he is coming on very strong. Listed as a starter this week at wide receiver, which shows his ability on the field. I think Gunnar Romney's a future star for BYU. Um, just being speaking selfishly, I don't want to see him go on an LDS mission, but if that's what he ultimately decides is right for him, more power to him. All right, um, one other name I need to mention, and of course we're going to talk Zach Wilson, of course, as a freshman, true freshman, taking over the quarterback job. Looks like it's his for the foreseeable future, and hats off to him, but we've discussed him ad nauseum. We'll talk about more about him later this week as well as he get ready for Northern Illinois, his second start on the season. I'm expecting big things from Zach. I think he's developed quite nicely. And BYU has got a diamond in the rough there. And it was a massive, massive get for them to convince Zach Wilson to come to Provo. The final name I want to mention here, and it's a guy that probably gets overlooked, but it is Skylar Southam. He's the kicker, true freshman after an LDS mission. He's been pretty dang good from the kicking spot. PATs have not been an issue. Um, he's missed field goals, but he is a freshman. He's Most of the ones he's missed have been longer range 
long-range field goals, and he's been steady. That's what you want to know. As a kicker, uh, anybody on special teams will tell you, you don't want your name known, really. You want to just go out there, kick the ball, and walk back off the field and do your thing. Your teammates know who you are, and that's good enough for, for most guys. And Skylar Southam, pretty unassuming young man, but I think he's been very good for BYU. Of course, has come up with some big kicks this season as well, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunities for him going forward. So my overall point, mentioning all those young men's names, is the fact that BYU's youth movement is alive and well, and they are going to benefit from this, and it's going to pay off, pay dividends down the road. Kalani Satake is making a long play. I know that people wondered if his job security was, was in doubt this season. In my opinion, it's not not. I believe he's got some time here, and that's why he feels comfortable putting these freshmen on the field, in addition to these freshmen proving that, hey, coach, we can play ball. Let us go out there and prove it, and they've done it so far. BYU is 4-3 and three on the year. They're well on their way to the original goal of getting to a bowl game. They should achieve that quite easily. I believe they'll be 5-3 and three after this week, going against Northern Illinois, and we'll preview it more later on this week. Uh, Going to have some interesting thoughts. I'm working on maybe getting a guest from out there um, in DeKalb, Illinois, to join us to talk about the Huskies. We'll see how that works out, but I'm of the opinion that BYU should be 5-3 and three after this week. And that freshman contingent is the big reason why. BYU is making a play for the future, and it's going to pay dividends, especially with some of the stellar schedules coming up in 2019 and beyond. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or at the show's Twitter feed at Locked on Cougars. Let us know your thoughts on this freshman class. But to reiterate, 25 freshmen have played this season for BYU, 15 of them true freshmen, 10 freshmen have started a game, 5 of them true freshmen. And then in the last Hawaii game, BYU had the second most freshman starters on an offense in the NCAA this year, outdone only by Minnesota, who had 7 versus BYU 6. And then freshmen also accounting for over half of BYU's total scoring this season with 89 of the 176 total points, or 50.6%. That youth movement's going to pay dividends, and hats off to Kalani Satake for realizing it and going to it early. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back, talk to you about some former Cougars who stood out for BYU on the gridiron but now are playing their trade in the NFL. We'll get you some updates on that. Do need to tell you about real quick, though, Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game, and that's particularly the BYU Cougars if you're listening to this podcast, I hope. If you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch and you just want the channels to watch BYU win, Sling TV is the best way for you to watch college football for just 30 $30 a month to get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more to catch all the games live. You can stream them on your big screen TV and across all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, of course, with Sling TV. There's no hidden fees. They tell you exactly what you'll pay right up front, and you can cancel at any time. Want to check it out and see if it's the right option for you? You can go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Get a seven-day free trial with Sling TV to see if it's the right option for you. Once again, go to sling.com slash locked on. Get that seven-day free Free trial and see if it's the right option for you. Former Cougars and the pros next. This is Locked On Cougars. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. 
but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Locked on Cougars, and we are talking former Cougars in the pros here. Of course, BYU with a number of guys playing in the NFL currently. We'll run down how they performed in the last week across the NFL. Start off with the Los Angeles Chargers. They played the early Sunday morning game playing in London, England. Uh, they beat Tennessee 20-19. to Fun game if you're up early to watch it. And former BYU defensive back Michael Davis is a cornerback. Reserve for Los Angeles. He played as a substitute. Um, eight snaps on defense in the win. 11% of the snaps. 14 snaps on special teams, which is 61%. And notched two solo tackles on special teams. So a good day for Michael Davis as he continues to play well for the Chargers. He's got six solo tackles, two assisted tackles, and one forced fumble on the season, continuing to prove that he can do it on the field. John Denny, another special teams standout for Miami. He is the Iron Man for the Miami Dolphins. Continues to he's got well over 200 starts straight in his career. I had eight snaps on special teams, which is 30 percent of the snaps on the game. No stats in the game. That's a good thing when you're John Denny is a long snapper, as we just mentioned in the previous segment with Skylar Southam. As a special teams ace, you don't want people knowing your name. You just do your job. He has one tackle and three assisted tackles through seven games on the season. The Swiss Army Knife, Taysom Hill, played as a substitute once again in New Orleans' 24-23 win over Baltimore. Absolutely wild to see a kicker. Um, speaking of kickers, Justin Tucker was 222 of 222 in his career on PATs. Missed his first one, which proved to be the difference in this game. Uh, so big win for New Orleans. Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army Knife, did a little bit of everything. Had six carries for 35 yards, including one of those on a fake punt. Fun play there. Added two tackles on special teams. He did lose a fumble, though. Kind of the one bad play Taysom has had in the regular season so far this year. He had a couple of rough games actually playing quarterback in the preseason. But the one kind of damper on his play was losing that fumble, but they still ultimately won the game. Played 26 snaps on offense in the game, 20 uh, on special teams. Six games as a substitute so far for Taysom Hill this year. 18 carries, 125 yards. That one rushing touchdown, I believe, two weeks ago. He's uh, gone one of two passing for 10 yards. He has one reception on the season for minus four yards. Seven kickoff returns for 170 yards. Two solo tackles and one assisted tackle. And oh yes, a partridge in 
pear tree. He is a Swiss Army knife. Great column on um, on SB Nation about what Taysom Hill can do as a third quarterback, but he's doing everything uh, for the Saints currently. So check it out. You can go to SB Nation. I'll, I'll tag it um, in the show notes. You guys can go list, read it. It's a column by Adam Stites. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. But it's a good column talking about him as his ability to contribute in multiple ways for the Saints. Uh, moving along here, a couple other guys to mention to you uh, include our good friend Kyle Van Noy. Probably had the play of the weekend in terms of BYU players. Returned a blocked punt for a touchdown in New England's 38-31 to win over Chicago. Uh, it was a big block. Dante Hightower, I believe, blocked it. Van Noy hustled over, scooped and scored, and jumped up and absolutely spiked that ball into the field, and good for him. Vanoy had a good day overall. Six solo tackles in the win, one tackle for loss, and then the scoop and score on the blocked punt. It's his first NFL touchdown. I failed to note that previously. So hats off to Van Noy. Big showing for him. Seven games as a starter so far for the Patriots. He has 24 solo tackles, 13 assisted tackles, one pass breakup, one quarterback hurry, two tackles for loss, one interception, one fumble recovery, one touchdown on a blocked punt. Hats off to you, Kyle Van Noy. Big showing there. Uh, two other guys to mention here. Fred Warner started again at linebacker for San Francisco. Carved out quite the role for himself. He recorded four solo tackles, four assisted tackles for eight total, and another sp- solo tackle on, on special teams, which gave him nine on the day. He played all 61 snaps on defense for the 49ers as they got blown out by the Los Angeles Rams 39-10. He is now ranked seventh in the NFL in total tackles on the season through seven games with 58. Uh, 43 of those are solo tackles, three tackles for loss, a QB hit, two passes broken up, and one forced fumble. Fred Warner will be on the all-rookie team. If not, I will eat my own hat. You can mark it. He is playing extremely well as a third-round pick. Jamal Williams, the other act, um top-level player for BYU in terms of being on the active rosters currently. Green Bay was on a bye, so Jamal did not play this weekend. Two players currently on injured reserve include Ezekiel Ziggy Ansah. He um, suffered a shoulder injury in Week 1. Has practiced on a limited basis since. Ahead of quite the showing in that first game, but left at halftime, and we have not seen him since. Daniel Sorensen also is injured in the preseason. Both of these guys uh, could be the guys that are injured, reserved, but designated for return later in the year, and we'll keep you updated on them. Other guys continuing to play on practice squads. Micah Hanneman, congratulations to him, picked up by the Los Angeles Chargers earlier this week. Uh, so hats off to Micah Hanneman. Bronson Kafusi remains with the New York Jets as does Harvey Longy. So congratulations to both of those gentlemen. Tomasi Lalile remains with the New Orleans Saints on their practice squad. Kainakua is still with Baltimore and DeAndre Wesley with Buffalo. We'll keep you updated. This is the time of year, the kind of the middle part of the season when injuries really start catching up with NFL teams and BYU players could see their see themselves getting signed to the active roster. And of course, we'll have it covered for you every Tuesday here on the podcast, which is when we do our staple of former Cougars in the pros. All right, we'll step aside here, come back with the final segment on the show. Before we do that, though, do want to talk to you about Vivid Seats, who is sponsoring today's show. Vivid Seats is here to help you have experience 
experiences at live events that will last you a lifetime. You can catch your favorite teams, the BYU Cougars. I'm a big Utah Jazz fan. Um, artists, if you like concerts or even theater, you can see them all perform in person with Vivid Seats. They help you find your seats to your favorite live events. You can do that with great prices and an easy purchasing experience by downloading the Vivid Seats app. And using the promo code Locked On, listeners to this Locked On Cougars podcast can receive $20 off your order of $200 or more if you are a first-time customer of Vivid Seats. Once again, go download the app at the App Store or Google Play, enter the promo code Locked On, get $20 off your first order as a new customer of Vivid Seats of $200 or more. That's 10% off. Of course, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed up by a 100% guarantee. Check it out, guys. Go to Vivid Seats, use that promo code Locked On, and save yourself 20 bucks. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Right, as we wrap up this edition of Locked on Cougars, want to thank you guys first off for downloading the show as always and supporting the show. Please feel free to reach out anytime you have questions, concerns, or comments. Love fan interaction. Hit us up on Twitter at Locked on Cougars. Looks up the same name on Facebook. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. My DMs for both Locked on Cougars and and my personal Twitter feed are always open, so feel free to drop me a line if you so desire. You can also email us if you have advertising questions. Great deals right now with the launch of the Locked On College arm of the Locked On Podcast Network. Still available. Hit me up. Let me know if we can help you out with your company's advertising at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right, a couple of notes here and quick hits for you. BYU football will be facing Boise State a week from Saturday. The broadcast plans were officially announced earlier today. It'll be an 8.15 p.m. Mountain Time kick up there at Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho on ESPN2. So another late night with the Cougars and the Boise State Broncos, but I kind of expected this. BYU gets an early game this weekend on ESPNU, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time against Northern Illinois. Should be fantastic weather. If you don't have your tickets for this game, I would encourage you to do so. Come out and see the true freshman Zach Wilson slim it all over the field and also can run it a bit. You might have heard that. A couple of notes here for you as well on the BYU women's volleyball side of things. That includes Lindy Haddock Epich claimed West Coast Conference Player of the Week uh, for the second time this season earlier today. She's, of course, one of the key cogs in the number one BYU women's volleyball team. Absolutely phenomenal player. Led them to two sweeps over Loyola Marymount and Pepperdine last week. So hats off to Lindy Lindy Haddock Epich. She has a great name. It's just hard to remember. Second uh, WCC Player of the Week award, the fifth in nine weeks this season for BYU. So hats off to her. 
Also, another note, ESPNW, which is part of the arm of ESPN that focuses on women's sports. Uh, Vicki L. Friedman uh, did a special for ESPNW on number one ranked BYU. The headline is number one and undefeated BYU, a legitimate title contender. And okay, some of you thinking, oh great, she's, she's going to denigrate BYU. Actually, I thought it was a very well written and fairly uh, sourced piece. Um, Vicki Friedman wrote about that she's asked some other coaches about BYU. Oregon coach Matt Ulmer believed that BYU was the best. USC's Brent Crouch didn't think so. He thought Stanford might have the edge on BYU, who BYU did beat at home at the Smithfield House in five sets. Of course, Stanford was number one at the time. BYU took it away from them about a week or so later and has never relinquished it as they've never lost, so there's no reason to take it away from them. Uh, but some other coaches believe that BYU, if you were to a neutral court between Stanford and BYU, they would give the edge to Stanford. But who knows what's going to happen when BYU finally shows up at the NCAA tournament. I'm taking, I'm putting my money on BYU. They have been absolutely phenomenal. And I, I, my, my money's with the Cougars. That's plain and simple. Let's put it that way. I thought it was a great piece. You can check it out. I'll link it in the show notes here. But essentially, it boils down to, in this column, according to Vicki Friedman, that it's BYU and Stanford, 1-2 or 1-A and 1-B, and we'll see who plays it out at the end of the year. Of course, with the NCAA tournament, the the pressure that mounts, etc., that could affect things. But my money's on the Cougars. Best of luck to Heather Olmstead and her teams. They continue to wade their way through West Coast Conference play. And as they get ready for the NCAA tournament, hats off to them for what they've accomplished. And here's hoping they can continue to build on that as they press towards the ultimate goal of a national title. All right, that's it for today's show. Back tomorrow, hoping to talk to some players at practice today, get you some of their thoughts on this upcoming game against Northern Illinois. If you do have suggestions for players you'd like to hear from, please reach out, let me know. I'd be happy to work them in and request them and see if we can get an interview with them as well. And of course, always welcome your comments and questions. Today's show, once again, brought to you by Vivid Seats and our good friends at Sling TV. Check out both of those great companies. We'll be back tomorrow with more on BYU and the BYU Athletic Department. This has been Locked on Cougars for October 23rd, 2018. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.